Hello, everyone. Welcome back to your favorite podcast. There's a hack for that. It's Lauren here, and I am so excited about today's episode. In this episode, we are going in on a business hack. Erica and I interview strategic partner for CEOs, Tomasha Suber. And today we're talking business hacks, how to think like a CEO. And even if you are not a CEO or you've never been a CEO, or maybe you don't even have CEO dreams, there are some real tangible hacks in this episode to help you curate your lifestyle around um, the business or the work that you do. It's not just about the money. The CEO mindset is not just about the money. It's about a lifestyle that you want to experience. Uh, Tomasha shares with us how she helps other female CEOs curate their chief example officer lifestyle. See what we did there? CEO, chief example officer. It's brilliant. Tomasha was such a joy to speak with. I love following her on social media. She keeps it real. And she is so good about sharing her CEO lifestyle behind the scenes and reminding us that we are all humans having this human experience and we are all here to help each other out. And here's a little extra nugget if you make it through the intro. Um, There are a lot of similarities and um, integrations between this episode and episode 50, what was it, 55? Um, where I talked about the six-figure entrepreneurship myth. We recorded this episode after that one, um, and I kept thinking, oh, I should go back and talk about this, but we covered it all in this one. So please enjoy this conversation with Tomasha Suber. Make sure to rate and review this episode and the podcast on whatever your favorite platform is to listen to us. And here we go. Let's start thinking like a CEO. Welcome, Tomasha, to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm excited. We are so excited. I know I'm I'm excited because I've been all over your social media lately because I'm just all about it. Like, I'm so excited for everyone to hear this conversation. Got to give a shout out to Jamar Diggs, who connected us. Thanks, Jamar. He is the best. Yeah. And we were so excited when he suggested that we follow you, connect with you. And as soon as I did... I was like, yes, oh my gosh, this is a conversation we need to have. I love your perspective, and we're going to get right into it. So you are a C- how do you pre- how do you describe what you do? Like CEO coach, CEO mentor? Yeah, so I actually lean away from the term coach. So I consider myself to be a strategic partner for CEOs. And I teach women specifically how to master their leadership and leverage their roles so that they can lead a luxury life in a stress-free business. I love the luxury life in a stress-free business. <laughs> yeah, my whole body relaxed as you were saying that. I was like, oh, yeah, I can get down with that. Yeah, Lifestyle absolutely. is the part that many CEOs, high-level executives, business owners, entrepreneurs, we don't consider that to be part of the building process. And mm. I. I love how you present it as like, this is part of the deal. When you're going to be this person in this role, you got to think about how you want to live. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, when I think about it, I think I find a lot of people who will kind of have it where it's separate. Like, you know, you're thinking about your lifestyle and then you're thinking about the business. And what happens is naturally business requires so much from us. And so at some point, your life will literally be deprioritized and it'll just be the thing that you're barely getting through, but you'll be, you know, being so successful in business. And so I have the perspective and the goal to marry them together and say that I can actually be successful in my life at the, in the same level, if not more, that I am in my business. I love that language too, successful in my life and a piece of success that I don't know that people think about. And Erica is a holistic health coach. She's helping me in my personal burnout recovery, and she helps a lot of other people. And that's part of it. I did not consider the lifestyle I was living the sacrifice of my lifestyle to be a business owner. Yeah, we think it's one or the other. It's not. It doesn't have to be. You know, like, I I think, like, 
I think in business or like definitely in our space that we're in primarily, we hear all the time that it's kind of like in order to scale your business, you got to like put your head down and just be like neck deep in business. And, you know, me personally, I feel like if Tamasha at her core, because I've been this person, like I was the woman that I coach now, right? Or that I lead now. It's like, if I'm not at 100%, then there's no way that I can say that I'm serving at 100%. And I feel like when people, if I expect people to pay my invoice in full, then I need to expect to serve them on full. And if I'm not doing that, I'm not in integrity. Yes, we talk a lot about a, a lot about alignment mm-hmm. and integrity. I love that. Okay, so this is fascinating. How did you end up doing this? Tell us a little bit about your story. You said you were the woman that you now coach. Give give us the inside. Yeah, so I when I came into business and being an entrepreneur, I always had the goal. Let me just put that out there. To literally, I just wanted to be an owner, and that's still my ultimate goal. I never desired to be a CEO because I understood the like sacrifices that you would have to make. And so I used to have that same thought of like being a CEO was a lot of work and it was going to require so much sacrifice. And so when I started my business, I found myself in the seat that I never saw myself in struggling in that way, you know, having some of those difficulties in my personal relationships. I wouldn't say that I faced so much in my marriage, but we definitely had some situations and times where it was hard. And even just in growing a business, and I found that like I wasn't happy. I found that like a lot of the issues I was having in my business were stemming from me not being 100% feeling whole as an individual and as a woman. And so I started really working at like, what are the things that I really need to do in order to feel 100% when I wake up in the morning to go and work? Like, what are the things that I can put in place? Not just like thinking about boundaries and like all the mindset work. But when I'm building this business, what are some of the infrastructure that I can actually create along the way that two or three years from now will help me to sustain the livelihood that I have as a woman today? And so that's kind of how I got to where I am now is I realize that a lot of women don't have those things. They're not thinking about that in their life. You know, I work with a lot of moms that think that they couldn't have those things because they have kids. So I ended up here by being the person that I coach now and that I lead now. I love that. It, I feel like Eric and I both share that story where like our practices and our businesses that we have now grew out of the growth that we had to do to get to this place. And yeah. we, we love sharing the shortcuts. And it's not for everybody. Her and I have, you know, super different stories, but like the more of us who share our journey the more people will find that relate to us individually. I just think that's that's super cool that like you found that. You were like, oh my gosh, this is a thing. I need to share this. Yeah. And then I'd say on my side, I'm more well-rounded in the lifestyle stuff. I mean, as a health coach, that makes sense. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what I've focused on in my own life. And as I have started a business and I'm figuring that out, I'm really drawn to your work, Tamasha, because – I love the idea of obviously looking into the future and seeing my business somehow growing into something bigger. Right now it's it's really it's service based. It's all me, so it's kind of I'm not as well versed in like how do I set this up so it's like scalable and can turn into something. So I love that's why I was drawn to your work. It's just like, oh, this is another this is another thing I need to I want to start thinking about. Yeah. And I think a part of a part of that story that I, I really have tried to share more so now than I think I ever have, because I didn't realize how important it was, is that like I took my business to multiple six figures with like almost multiple six figures without a team in sight. And so I think that that's also not to say that having a team isn't helpful because it is. But I think that, again, there are so many of us out here that feel like we have to have this incredibly huge team in order to have that lifestyle. And I'm also here to break that down that you don't. Yes. I actually want to come back to that because that is one of my limiting beliefs. And of course, that's Mm. what stood out to me in your social media because it's one of my limiting beliefs. I was like, well, she says that I could do it. (laughs) But, you know, everyone has their own mindset shifts, right? And you've already kind of talked Mm. about how there is a mindset shift for the CEO life, quote unquote. CEO can mean all kinds of things, whether you work for a corporation or you're 
you know, run your own show. Can you tell us a little bit about the your CEO mindset and the fact that it encompasses the lifestyle piece? Mm. So when you say tell me about it, like what specifically would you like to know? Like how would you talk to somebody who's never heard that before? Like how would you what tell is a CEO what is the mindset? CEO mindset? Yeah. So for me, when I think about CEO mindset, I think of it as it's not this thing that's only attached to like, what are the business metrics, right? Like, because literally when we think CEO, we think that we're talking about like money or we think we're talking about just operations. But my definition of a CEO is I'm the chief example officer, right? And so I am the example of what not only I want people to try to replicate outside of my business, but also to the people that I bring onto my team. And so if I'm running around, always stressed out, always overwhelmed, I feel like that automatically represents to them what they're going to be, what their outcomes are going to be. So CEO mindset for me isn't just how do I feel about the business? It's like, what do I want to represent? Everything that I'm doing up here in my mind is about how do I want people to be able to take what they see from my business, from what I present, and then go and do. Because we're an example to somebody, right? So when I'm thinking in my mind about things that I need to handle in the business, I'm thinking, if someone's watching me, are, are they thinking that this is doable? Are they thinking that they got to go, if they go and replicate this, are they going to have good outcomes? I don't want anyone following me or replicating what I do to become like this like burned out person, right? So totally. I think it's, for me, it's all about like thinking from the place of, I'm an example, whether it's in business or it's in lifestyle. And I think it's, it even goes beyond the team. Cause if I just put myself in a situation where I don't have a team, it reflects on the type of clients that I attract. So the type of client I attract now versus when I first started is very different. Some because I've shifted my focus, but I've also gotten more aligned with what I'm available for, what I'm not available for. I mean, as a burnout recovery coach, it gives me permission to not burn myself out, which is really cool. And it's like knowing what I'm um, capable of and what I deserve. So when I'm having a discovery call now, I am very like ding, 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 red flag. This person is not ready for my work. They're, you know, they're not in a part of the journey where I can help them. And i so easily able to let them go and send them on their way. And it's like, maybe one day it'll be different, but for now it's not the right fit. And it's so cool to just be able to be so centered in who I am, what I do and what I'm available for. And so I, like, I think for me, the CEO mindset maybe encompasses that. So it doesn't necessarily stem to the team, but it's like the energy force that encompasses all the clients that come to me too. It's about like, so basically what I'm explaining is CEO mindset to me isn't about people or client serving, it is about self-serving first so that you Mm -hmm. can best serve the client and team. A lot of times we're so focused on serving the client, customer service. This is all stuff that we're taught, right? What's the client experience? What's the customer experience? What is the CEO experience? Nobody's asking. Like like I, I create all these systems for my team to feel supported, all these systems for the clients to feel like they that they've just been served, you know, everything in the world and they just feel so great. But nobody's asking what the CEO experience is like, right? Like, how are we making sure that I'm served? I mean, I'm putting in, like, I'm the brains, you know what I mean, of the operation. How am I doing? Thank you for validating how I've been feeling (laughs) the last few months because I'm like, I don't know if this is right, but I've been, as you're in your words, it's like I've been asking what I want and how I feel first before what everyone else needs. So that's really cool. I found that shift recently too, and it has totally changed everything. Yeah. Some of the biggest companies. How am I feeling today? Do I have time for it? Yeah. Like energetically, emotionally, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Some of the biggest and most successful companies that we see were based on leaders that decided to do something that might otherwise look very odd to the industry, but has been able to serve them. And in them doing that, Like Chick-fil-A is the best example. One of the only chains that are closed one day a week and are way more profitable than the the average. And people Mm -hmm. thought that they were nuts when they were like, we're closed every Sunday. And they're like, you could probably make more money on Sunday than any other day of the week, right? Like everyone's going through a drive-thru. But the owners, right? They were like, no, I need Sunday off. 
And I want all of my employees to be off on Sunday. Sound weird, but they're one of the top people in their industry now, right? So it, sometimes it looks odd, but that's CEO, that CEO mindset at, at, at its best. We see it every day. I love the chief example officer because I have worked for some awful people. <laughs> who <laughs> their, their example sets the tone for the company culture. Mm-hmm. And when your culture in the company, whether it's just you or you and a one person or you and all of your clients or customers, like when you're burnt out, it permeates everything you do. And you're going to burn out everyone around you because you expect them to run at the same unsustainable frequency that you're trying to do. I love, I love the example. I, that's a great shift. Oh, yeah. And that you made a huge point right there. What people see, right? is they think, oh, I should be running at that level. But then on the backside of it, mindset-wise, you'll feel some type of way when people aren't working at that level. But that's not actually sustainable, no. you know? No, so, no. Yeah. I used to have a – I used to work at a company where it was like, you will get in before your boss and you will leave after your boss. And the boss yeah. gave zero mm, about the fact that you got there <laughs> and left later because all they cared about is you were there when they were there. Mm. And it was like this weird, nobody talked about, but it, it was such a burnout because those, that, you know, boss was going to work to the level they needed to get their job done. I was an admin. Like it was like Mm. this very strange culture, but it, it was actually part of the culture of the industry at the time. But yeah, that's so important. And I would say even more vital for women because we have all these extra layers of stuff we have to deal with. In business in general, regardless of your industry, honestly. And a lot of Mm -hmm. that's self-imposed. I will admit to that. But that's such a huge mindset shift for women specifically. Yeah, no. And it's one of the reasons why I chose to work with women. So, like, I do work with men sometimes. um, But I primarily serve women because I wouldn't even say that it's always self-imposed. Let me just say that. A lot of the stuff that we learn about leadership and being in control or having that hierarchy is taught from men, right? And so what happens from that is not that men are always chauvinistic, because I don't believe that either. I don't think that men always feel like women should work more. Men have a skewed view of what's required of life because they don't have some of the things going on that we do, right? They don't have all the hormones and like the monthly aggravation. They don't deliver children, or they're not necessarily expected to run a household the way that we are, or what the world told us, which tells us we should be doing, right? Like they're not treated differently when they go into healthcare systems mm-hmm. as much as we are, right? And so thinking about it from that perspective, I understand that our approach, especially to business as leaders, must be different. It can't be the same. Some of the stuff that we're taught in these books and you know, by our male counterparts, it will never work. And we try to make it work, but then that's why you see so many of us exit the workforce wasn't COVID last year. It just gave them an excuse. 100%. Right? 100%. It just gave us a, an, an official excuse to say, I'm tired of dealing with this mess and I'm going to go do it for myself. It wasn't just COVID. You know, like I think about that as well. Yeah. When the opportunity arises, especially, especially if you're burnt out, you know, if there's an opportunity to stop and you hit, you're at that certain point, you're going to take it because get, I mean, something's got to give at some point, right? We can have, we mm. can have it all. We just maybe can't have it all at the same time. I had a very special girlfriend of mine in business tell me that. And I was like, oh, she's totally right. I can have it all. I just can't have it all at the same time. You know, but you have to you have to know that and kind of pace yourself through it and not take everything you hear as what is going to work for you, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I have had some very remarkable male mentors in my life but they've still never experienced and will never experience some of the things that women in general experience. So you just have to know that, like you said. They just don't have the life experience to hit some of these things on the head. (laughs) It hasn't hasn't been lived. It's like you can see it, you can read it, but if you haven't lived it, you have no idea what it feels like. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. Do you have any hacks suggestions, things that people listening can try to kind of start toying with, trying out, shifting this mindset 
towards the chief example officer. There's things they could try on and see if it works for them. That's a new one. So for me, when I think about being a chief example officer is, I think the first thing that you can do is ask people outside of you, like your team or either your clients, ask them for real what they think about you, like in your approach. I think a lot of what we have to do in business is a lot of self-exploration. But what happens there is we tend to kind of ignore some of the things because it is a self-exploration, right? And it's like, well, I don't really want to go there right now or it's been working. And so one thing that I do regularly is I ask for outside reflection on what it is that you get from me. Like, what's your perspective of what it is that I'm saying? What's your perspective of how I present? What do you think about what you've seen? Um, Because... I don't always necessarily want to be stuck on how a person feels about me, like the work quality that I delivered. I would love to know what you think about what I present. And I think it gets different because we can get stuck on, I'm delivering the results, but how was it along the way? How did you present along the way? You know, I, I myself had a conversation, I want to say about three or four months ago with someone on my team. And I asked that question, like, how do you, how do you feel I served you? During this time, the project went incredible. We did an amazing job. And I got some feedback that I wasn't quite expecting because I thought that I like showed up, you know, like, I mean, and I did, but they had feedback for me, something that I hadn't hadn't really quite thought was that big of a deal, but it was. And so for me, I always say, ask for outside view, outside of just, did you deliver? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you're really going to grow the CEO, just delivering isn't enough. I think feedback is part of the celebration. I like to celebrate things, mm-hmm. all the things. I want to celebrate everything. Yeah. I earned it. Let's let's celebrate, right? But right. Yeah. I'm always curious about how what could I not necessarily what could I have done better, but like how did I serve? I love that I love that language. Eric and I have this conversation regularly with each other and I just realized that's what we're doing. It's like what about this? Well, how? Do, and but we're open about it. We don't almost do, don't even have to ask. But I would be curious to ask my business partner those questions. That would be really interesting feedback. Yeah, asking people like because for you all, it's almost like it's so natural that you don't even really take it almost as feedback. But asking the people that you wouldn't normally, you know, like, hey, how did you? How do you feel like I did here? What does that look like to you? And sometimes we'll be amazed and shocked at the areas that we could improve in on. And it might not be that big of a deal, but it could be a huge game changer. And there's an element of awareness because, yes, there's there's probably room for improvement or things that can shift and change. But at the same time, I know I always benefit from this when people give me feedback that I'm doing things well or I'm talking about things that make sense because I'm so critical on myself. I'm like, oh, my God, I just did this video. Like, did it even make sense? Does anyone does anyone get this? And then when people reach out or, like, Lauren gives me feedback, like, no, you're doing a lot. You're Look at all this stuff you did and how it came across and the things that you're impacting. And I'm like, oh, I'm impacting people. And so sometimes that's the fuel and the juice I need to keep going. So so I like, I like the idea of the feedback and what can be improved and then also just like Lauren said, remembering to celebrate and bringing awareness to the things that we're doing really well that we probably are really critical on ourselves about. I mean, and it 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 changes the game because feedback can be good or bad. And I think we all always lean to the bad. You know, like I send gifts and stuff like that to my team randomly. Like I am like that. That's actually like my love language. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's just like, honestly, I wasn't doing it to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm the best you know, boss out there. But what I found out is that several of them, even though that might not be their primary love language, they were like, it just, it just makes me feel like you remember that I'm here. And I was like, whoa, like, of course I know you're there. But where they worked before, they didn't feel like people knew they were there. And so we never know like what that feedback can do. And so now like I send more stuff. Now I'm like, oh, this gives me an excuse to spend money. (laughs) (laughs) Expensive. Yeah. No, I love that. That's that's really important. And I and in my past versions would have really struggled with asking for feedback because my imposter syndrome was debilitating. And like any if, if even a chance of neg- what I perceive as negative feedback would have like knocked me out. But 
it took practice. So those of you listening that are like, um, absolutely not. I will ask for feedback. That sounds insane. I don't want to know. Try it. <laughs> yeah. Just and I'd say try it. It, it's important to learn to not take things personally. That's what did it to, to me to finally be able to receive feedback because I used to take everything personally. But it's, if you're getting feedback, it's information and it's just, you know, you can, you can do something about it or you don't have to. Like, Sometimes there's things that I do that I'm like, no, I'm really grounded in that this is what's right for me. So if someone else doesn't like it, it's like, okay, I can balance what what the best action moving forward is. So it's like you don't have to necessarily do anything with the feedback. Just get practice receiving it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say that realize that feedback, one of the best things you can do as a leader is to realize that feedback is not always actionable. Sometimes it is simply feedback. Like, I can't act on everything. Like, I can't let you leave at 10 a.m. You just got here at 8. I'm so sorry <laughs> that you want a two-hour workday. <laughs> Good to know. Noted. <laughs> Heard. Yeah. Heard. <laughs> yeah. I love that you know what you want, but... <laughs> and... <laughs> So we've talked about the team. We've mentioned it multiple times. And I like to remind people, I'm okay, let me back up. I'm business coaching my dad right now. He's going through a second negotiation of a contract. Hmm. And I always tell him when he's not sure, tell them, you know what, I'm, you know, I have to ask my team. And he's like, I don't have a team. I was like, yes, you do. You have me, you have mom, you have, you know, so it's like, you have a team, even if you're a solopreneur. Right. So let's talk about why that team, whatever your team looks like, is important. Because you do shout out your team a lot in your socials. You talk about the importance and how they help you. So let's talk about why the team is important um, and just preface it, everyone, with you do have a team. It just is not the definition that you think it is. So tell us about your team. Yeah. So for me, I believe and I teach that you have a home team and you have a work team. Right. And so you might not always have that work team right off that, but you should and you always do have a home team. And so my home team right now exists. uh, One of my really good friends. We've been friends for years, Jessica, and then my husband, Rob. And that's been like a huge team for me. And then my brother as well. He's a he's a huge he's a huge help. He's like my diarrhea of the brain type of help. (laughs) But for me, it's important because those people see size of me that my work family probably never will. And so your home team are the people that see you crying on the kitchen floor, right? They're the people that see you like, you know, banging your head up against the wall because you're not quite sure like what to do next, right? They're the people who know that when you were creating that offer six months ago that you just launched or you sold, you were literally scared to your wit's end. And so I, I see that team in most cases, more important than the team that I work with because they get to see a level of vulnerability and an emotional side of me that I probably am not 100% comfortable showing in work. And sometimes it's really just not even appropriate, <laughs> to be honest. And so, you know, that's, that's like my home team. And I think that the importance between the home and the, and, the, and the work team is that those are the people that allow me to serve at my best. I 100% position myself around people, especially the people that work with me in my business. I want people that are smarter than me. I want people that know more about something than me. But I also want people that understand that I am a human being. And I think too many of us want to seem perfect. And your team should be the people that catch. They're the people that fill in those voids that I call like leader flaws. They're the people that fill in the gaps that I have. You know, I have weaknesses like every other person. And so that's why I feel like teams are important more than just being taskmasters, but they normally fill the weakness voids, right? They should be the, pe- the, per- the people that elevate me, not just create or make me, if that makes sense. Totally. Oh, home team and work team. Yeah. Erica's on my home team and my work team. Oh, yeah, you're a crossover. Same. You're a double agent. I have a cat on my home team. Is that okay? My cat. My cat. <laughs> you know what? I live alone, so. <laughs> I have plans. Now I feel a little bad. No, but. <laughs> no, I have I have people outside of my home on my home team for sure. But that's just my running joke. It's like me and my cat, you know, we get through. 
You know, I'll, I'll definitely, like, so my dog, like, one of my dogs, Snow, she's, like, everyone knows Snow. She's always on my social. She's the one that was, like, beeping, blowing the horn. But, um, so Snow's definitely a part of the team, too, because there's a lot of times where I come home and I'm just, like, like, overwhelmed or, like, stressed about a deadline or something that's coming up. And, like, she's just living her best life. So, yeah, she's a part of the home team, too. Yeah. They count. Gizmo reminds me to be present. And also, I choose to live alone at this point in my life because I can and I require some like really quiet space to recharge and rest. So, you know, I could rent out a room and have a roommate and have someone in the home. But for me, this is like I've created my dream life. Like I said, I got the lifestyle thing on point. It's now we're working on the business part. So it's, it's all good. I love it. So listeners, if you are listening, go over to our socials and tell us who's on your home team. Yeah. You'll see Tomasha's beautiful face for this episode. Tell us who's on your home team. Most of the people on my home team do not live with me. <laughs> I don't want that many people in my house. <laughs> but, you know, like we just got yeah. approved for an apartment and I called my people and I got my first paying client yesterday and I called Erica like immediately. I was like, guess what? You know, that thing we did like five months ago, it mm-hmm. worked. <laughs> yeah. So it's True. like, I just love that. I love that home team. That's so important because... We all three know being an entrepreneur is rough sometimes. Like, I love how you show the real, real behind the scenes sometimes on your social. I am not good at that. It makes me want to throw up, to be super honest with y'all. Like, I love that my socials is a highlight reel. I do not care. Y'all can just assume I'm on the struggle bus all the time behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. But it's. I think it's really important that you show real life. You show snow honking the horn. Like... It's like you want to oh, yeah, show so a li- little peek into <laughs> your work, your home team, because they're real, really important too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for uh, me, I think it's, it's important to show important. that vulnerability. One hundred percent, yeah. Because like, also too, like a part, a part of when you, when I think about like marrying the lifestyle with the business, like I want people to know that like my dogs do incredibly embarrassing things as well, like you might see me as this incredible CEO online or in my stories and like things look great. And like, yeah, she's signing clients, but I also have a dog that blows the horn randomly and (laughs) embarrasses me at supermarkets. You know what I mean? Like I also have a husband that, you know, expects me to come home in full energy after I've had a long day and I literally could lay down and Mm -hmm. go to sleep for the rest of the night. But like he wants attention. And I think, you know, showing that side of it for me, I'm not going to say I, I show everything, but it's important to show people that like you get to have it all, but you're still going to have to deal with it all. Like, you know, it's not yeah. going to be. Perfect. Yeah. That's my limiting belief is if I show the hard side of the the struggle, because this year has been like, whew, wow, struggle that it's not, it's going to like somehow invalidate this what I believe is my success, which doesn't look like what other people believe. It's just, it's what I'm working. I'm having a rumble about it right now. That's what we call it in my household. So I, I just appreciate that you're, I'm seeing more people that I, I, that I connect with doing it. I had to do a social media cleanse and fast to get to that point, but I just appreciate that. I appreciate you doing that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that you appreciate it. Sometimes I'm wondering, like, do people really want to like, sometimes I think like, do people really are they really transformed when they share that with me? And I'm like, but it, it's helpful because like all of us are struggling with something, you know? And one thing that I told, that I've been telling myself for the last few years is, is it really success if I'm ashamed by it? Hmm. Right? Because why would I be ashamed by the journey that allowed me to get to where I am? Right? Like, because yeah, I can repeat it and maybe avoid some of those things. But like, I, I'm not going to be ashamed of what, have, what helped me become successful. I just got to, you know, I got to embrace that because there's someone else who might have experienced it. Like, yeah, I probably worked 60 plus hours a week my first year to hit whatever amount of money that I wanted to. But like the second year, I only worked 30. And I'm not ashamed of that because working 60 taught me how to like, I'm definitely not doing that again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's, there's there's a piece of that that helps me every day. It's like, I'm not going to be ashamed of what helped me become successful. I love that. Yeah. And my experience with that has been that I'm able to share more of my past and the real 
the realness of it, what was really going on, and also the realness of what's going on now behind the scenes. What gave me permission to do that is that I'm a coach. So just like you, Tamasha, I work with me, like the version of me a few years ago. So I'm looking for people who are feeling the way I did before I found the work that I do. And I still have very close friends who have known me for ever. The most recent one, this friend, she's known me for like 15 years. And as I've been able to talk more about my emotions and learning how to process my emotions and what that looks like and what it's looked like in the past when I was suppressing them, she basically said, she's like, oh yeah, we all just thought that like Erica was just always happy and like perfect. And I was like, oh my God, it was the most depressed, anxious (laughs) person like underneath the surface, but I was so good at hiding it like a lot of us are. And then I also get comments a lot around food because that's another aspect of like burnout, our relationship with food and that sort of thing. And I had a friend the other day I was talking about how I'm like, oh, every day, like unless I prepare my lunch, I wait until I'm starving and then I run downstairs and I'm just like shoving random food in my face because I'm so hungry. And she was just like, oh, I thought you like, I thought you were like perfect with food. Like you just always did the right thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I really fooled everyone. So all of that to say, it is so important to share that because especially with the accessibility to information and the highlight reels that are out there. It's like we got to peel back that layer and be like, nope, still human under here, even though, you know, we've been presenting a mask for so long. So it's yeah. the, the vulnerability is so important. Yeah. I feel like people people envy perfect, but they buy imperfection. Ooh. Oh, that was Whoa. the quote of the century. Whoa. So true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The moment that you share with people, like I was telling, I worked with someone a couple months ago that was like a marketing person and she was like, I just feel so embarrassed. Like she had this launch that just kind of flopped in her opinion. Like it did not go according to plan. And I said, okay, share that. I promise you, if you share that, you'll have like way more people engage with you. I said, because right now they envy this perfection that you have, but there's also a part of them that doesn't buy because they are like, I don't know if I can live up to that. And she shares his imperfection and she fills up this program and she's like, oh my God. And I'm like, people envy perfection, but they definitely don't buy it. Unless, mm-hmm. unless you're going to get, you know, like a BBL or something, you want to get like surgery that you can buy perfection in. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And we're hungry for authentic connection. We're hungry to feel like we're like, cause we're all unique and there's such an environment of copying and just like doing what we see, like even with reels on Instagram, it blows my mind. I'm like, all we're doing is copying each other. Really, Like it's just, there's, I'm like, what is creativity becoming? It's not a bad thing, but I'm having my own internal struggles with it. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, all I want is, I just want to see the beauty of everyone's uniqueness and the struggles and challenges that we're going through. Cause we're all meant to be going through whatever we're going through for some purpose. And usually it's to share and then inspire others. It's like, look, you can do this too. So well, Love there's that. your feedback that you're <laughs> watching you lately has been giving me permission to think about sharing the behind the scenes. <laughs> hey, I did a. It's okay. I'll, I'll convert you I in a year. I think it'll year. take like, less just, time just than take that. Your Let's time. be real. <laughs> no, I, I just really appreciate you. So you have a program event. How do you describe your CEO weekend? Super fascinated by it. I did go into your, like your website and all the places that you can learn about it. But tell us about CEO Weekend. What is it? What yeah. do you do? Absolutely. So CEO Weekend, like it's number one, CEO Weekend is like the baby that I didn't know I was having, to be honest with you. But it is a three and a half day retreat mine for female leaders. And the premise of this program is really working with those who desire to have a transparent transformation beyond money so that they can learn how to really maximize their expertise, elevate their personal lifestyle, and shift into a leader of legacy. So women that are at this event, they're not the ones that are necessarily looking for money, right? And that's always been a part of like my message is that the money's not enough, right? Now we're looking for how do we actually really sit down? We've built this major empire. Most of them are multiple six figures um, and up. They've built this major empire. So how do we now take this and really marry it to the lifestyle? 
and do it in a way that's sustainable. I want to repeat this, but I definitely don't want to do it the way that I did it this past year, right? Like I want to keep having multiple six figures. I want to keep having the level of success that I'm having, if not more, but I cannot have the same amount of sacrifice. And so this is my baby. We literally, it's like a combination of a mastermind and retreat in one, which you really don't see. And it's a luxury feeling from the moment that you set foot at CEO Weekend, you are served at a level of which you do not see leaders serving themselves. And so I wanted to create an environment where not only you can come and learn, but you can be served at the same level and higher that you've been serving clients and your team all year. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to come. I know. I saw I saw the the stories of the house where you, you all stayed, and I was like, dang, that definitely fits me. <laughs> I want to come. Yeah. So you it's just incredible. you just had one or you are about to have one? So we we done two this year. I only do two per year. Okay. So you um, just had your second one. We just had the second one. And so now like we are preparing to open up officially applications for the wait list for next year, for April. So we have two per year. And ideally, um, this isn't the type of event like once you come once, it's done. Ideally, I would love to see women come back. And we had people come back to the second one. <laughs> and so this is something that you should be doing on a regular basis. So a part of it is, hey, like, I know I need help in this on, like, how to continue sustaining this, but also I want to keep also serving myself. And so CEO Weekend is a place to not only come and learn, but also to be served. And you should be serving yourself on a regular basis. And if CEO Weekend is the only way that you do that, at least you're getting it once a year. And, you know, I think it's so important to have that community aspect around these women who are at this level trying to make this lifestyle shift because most of us don't even think about it while we're building the business. We hit a point where we're like, something's got to shift. This is unsustainable. (laughs) So I love that people are coming back for the second one. Like that's huge that they get to reconnect. And it's, it's the whole idea of seeing it's proof, right? Yeah. Once you see it and you meet other people who are doing it, it's like, oh, this is real. I may not have seen it or know someone who has done this before, but look at these other amazing people or this house or this whatever. I said I was going to bring this up in our pre-recording, but this is what made me do the thing that you, what did you call it? Trying on your dreams? Yeah. You have like a, yeah. So tell us about trying on your dreams because that's what like my perspective of CEO weekend kind of looked like because your CEO weekend is my dream. Like I want to be at a level that I I am in community with the women who go to that. Yeah, so it's like trying your dream. I call it sitting in your dream because a lot of where I am is like, I got to sit in things. But so sitting in your dream is really about taking like, you know how back in the day people would like, like they would kind of like shame people for like window shopping, but that's kind of like all you could do. I think that sitting in your dream is kind of similar to that where it's like, There are certain things that we're looking for in our life. And if only we would take the opportunity to go and sit in them, to find out more about them, to not just dream about it, but actually feel, touch, smell, see, and hear what it's like to be in that thing, to to have that thing, it will allow you to really start to toy with having it, to actually get clear on what's required for it. I mean, literally everyone that comes to CEO Weekend leaves with having a private chef on their list. Hands down, it always happens, right? Because Mm -hmm. the entire weekend you're being catered to in such a way that you get to see it, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happens when you decide, like if you're looking, if a person was like, man, like one day I want to have a nanny. Well, like, have you called and just scheduled a consult with the people to find out like what that looks like? And, you know, just to get more information, have you downloaded the free resource from them just to get more information? And, what we'll find when we do that is a lot of times I use analogies a lot. So like, don't judge me, but a lot of times we will think that the dream is across country when it's down the street. You don't even got to get on a flight to go to what you want. The possibility in your reach, the distance that you are from it is really not that far, right? You want to have a nanny and you've been thinking that it's going to cost you this asinine amount of money when you realize the nanny costs you 15 to 20 bucks an hour. And you're like, what have I been doing? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like when you start thinking about this, it's like, I actually could do that. You know, like I could have those things or I could go in. I had one person who said like, 
they messaged me after they saw that story and they're like, I actually called the nanny agency and like, I mean, I could sell, that's one extra client per month. And so now she's on the roll. She's like, I'm going to have that nanny by next month. Yeah. So you don't for realize me, how accessible your dreams are. Yeah. You don't realize how accessible it is. <laughs> and if you start to sit in that and get to feel and not just dream, because I think a lot of us feel like we're just going to dream it and it's just going to show up actually start taking steps towards having that because it's going to take the same thing. If you, if she wanted a nanny, you still got to go through the consultation process. So just call. Now you got the information you need. You have something actionable. Stop looking at rings on TV saying one day I'm going to have it. How much does it cost? Like you don't even know how much it costs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I took your advice and I, I have been going and sitting in some of my dreams I sat at a townhouse that wasn't the right fit right now in Arizona. And I'm like, that townhouse, that's that's the next move. It's not what we got right now. Our our needs are different now, but like that's the next move. I took my car to the dealership today and they pulled a car around for my loaner. And I was like, oh, it's the same car I have. And then the lady was like, no, that's not yours. We're going to put you in this over here. And it's the car I've been looking at online. And I was like, Shut up right now. And I got it and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) you got, it has ambient lighting. I turned it on purple, turned the stereo. I was like, yes, I'm going to live in this car. I'm going to sit in this car. So I'm all about it. It, You like inspired me so much. Erica, (laughs) have you sat in any of your dreams lately? Um, I would say, so I'm looking to book a trip to go back to the ocean next month because I was just out in New York, in Long Island, last week, and the change of scenery being near the ocean, it just made me realize how much that's where I want to be. So I've been looking at flights to go to San Diego. I'm like, I'm just going to go just so I can be near the ocean. And I think this conversation is like, oh, I meant to just go. I'm just going to go there, see what's there for me. And then, yeah, because I think one of my dreams is to live near the ocean again. So, So that's where I'm at with that. Oh, I love that. I'm going to manifest that. I love the beach. <laughs> like the beach. Yes. The beach is my vibe for sure. I just like the heat. It's getting cold here in the mornings in Denver and my feet are cold. I don't like it. Oh, no. I know. I'm ready to go to the desert. I'm like ready. Yeah. I'm gonna, maybe I'll follow you to Phoenix. I don't know. There's no ocean, but at least there's heat. No. Tamasha, what's a dream that you've sat in recently? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I sat. So actually, I. I went and I sat in two things. So I actually went and sat in my dream location for CEO weekend. So I've been seeing it online for a while and I went and sat in it and actually it's happening. So we will be hosting CEO weekend there next Yay. year. Talk um, about a manifesting tool for real. Oh man. I have pictures and everything. Yeah. I literally, I sat on the steps. I didn't need to go in. I was like, at that point, I did, I haven't gone to see it since, but like, I sat on the steps and I've been looking at it online for a while. And I was like, wow, like what would it take to get here? And so I finally said, I'm just going to go sit and I'm going to like really see this thing. And so I had to change the dates to see your weekend, but I am super excited. It's manifesting itself. And then I also sat in a Range Rover, which is like my dream vehicle. I actually drove it and I liked it. You know, sometimes you dream about something you're not sure if you're going to like when you drive it. So I sat in a Range Rover. It was gorgeous. So great. <laughs> So great. So we'll see, though. They're a little smaller than I anticipated inside, unless you get a really big one. But I enjoyed it. Good. It's a fun, fun experience. Mm-hmm. Even if even if nothing happens, like, you we, you, we deserve to, like, feel that amount of joy of, like, just trying something that you've thought about for so long. Oh, yeah. And I realized it really wasn't that. Like, also, too, it's like, I actually, I went through the whole shebang, too. So I was like, oh, this is, like so within reach like what do you mean you know like you know you're growing up you think like everything's just like out of reach and so it was great I love that well I have grabbed four awesome hacks from our conversation people if you need to know what they are if you were following along they'll be in the show notes you can find them on our website and on Buzzsprout if you're over there and this is the question we ask everybody at the end of an episode what is your favorite or current favorite life hack? It doesn't have to have anything to do with what we've talked about today. Ooh, my favorite life hack. Oh, so definitely snow. So like (laughs) my dog, 
So while she definitely does embarrass me with the horn, what I've realized is that she gets my husband to come out of the store much faster. (laughs) So I stopped leaving the seatbelt on her. And I know that he won't hear this podcast, so we're okay. Um, but I don't, I don't like leave the seatbelt on her because she'll get in the seat. And if he's gone for too long, she blows the horn. And so he, he's a talker. So she just gets him out of the store. So that's my life hack. That's probably like, I haven't yeah. shared that with anybody. But Snow hey. is totally on your home team. She's totally got your back. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yep. Everyone go watch that reel. It's go to so funny. And find the reel about Snow. I've, yeah. I've shared it with people. Be like, hey, where's that thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Funny. So funny. Well, thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you. Where can the Absolutely. people find you? Where's your favorite place to connect with people? So my favorite place to connect with people, live human beings, is definitely going to be on Instagram. Um, my handle is at Tamasha Suber. You'll definitely find me there and all of my petty splendor for leadership tips, life hacks, and everything in between. We'll be launching our new website soon. So we're almost done and I'm super excited. So yeah, find me on Instagram and that's where you'll get all of the tea and information. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being here and remember everybody to rate and review us, send us your notes, give us some feedback on Instagram or our website, connect with Tomasha, connect with Erica, connect with me, follow the podcast and remember to stay stay curious. curious. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.